0: Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in. And we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. Podcast uh, later on, maybe the day after, the week after, whatever it may be. I want to just thank you, each and every one of you, for taking time to To be with us here tonight i am just very grateful um just for the opportunity and the privilege and the honor it is to be able to by the anointing of the holy spirit to be able to speak god's word into your life my heart our hearts are that um that uh, this word tonight would encourage you that it would strengthen you that it would impart some fresh faith and hope into your heart and that uh it would just give you the resources that you need and the strength that you need to, to move forward in the future that God has already decreed and declared over your life as it relates to your calling in your life. Those, I know we've got many on the call here that are in the industry, Hollywood industry, every one of you, those that are in the ministry, those that are have uh, different uh, callings and different places in the business world, working hard, man god bless each and every one of you and i also just want to say i'm just once again this week how eternally grateful to the lord mm-hmm. sue and myself are um and uh and then the whole team really mm-hmm. sue myself the whole dsm hollywood team for each and every partner that is um uh, praying for us standing with us encouraging us supporting us financially mm-hmm. and uh and so Um, How can they hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ unless somebody goes and tells them? But how can they go, the Bible says, if somebody doesn't actually send them and make a way financially for them to do what they're called to do? And so I want to thank everyone. Partnership is huge. It's powerful. And uh, let me just say this right off the bat. The Apostle Paul teaches in his epistles that those that were partners with him in his ministry he made it very clear that all of the fruit that came into his spiritual bank account by virtue of what happened in the ministry went into their spiritual bank account because they partnered with him financially and through their prayers and so i am eternally grateful i just want to say thank you so very much and uh, we love each and every one of you. Yes. Well, sweetheart, why don't you open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll just jump right into that.
1: Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just praise your name. Yes. We, we, we glorify you, Lord, and we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come now. and and speak to us tonight through your word. We just pray, Lord God, that you would speak through my husband, Lord. We just thank you for the anointing upon him to Mm. teach, to preach, and to prophesy. I thank you, Lord, for giving him words of wisdom and knowledge, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for each one watching, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that that you have a a word for them tonight. And I just thank you, Lord, that as they hear the word, the spoken word, oh God, that they would be strengthened. They would be encouraged and that faith would be birthed within their heart. And so we just thank you for that, Lord, for, for your mighty move tonight among us. And so we thank you for your blessing, your grace, and your power mm-hmm. at work in our lives.
0: Yes, Lord.
1: In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Sweeter. Can you turn my ringer off my phone there? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All righty. We're going to jump right out into it. Uh, we are talking about overcoming the spirit of accusation. And man, one of the most powerful um when i mean powerful i mean like one of the most used tools of the enemy um that he uses against he's been doing it right from the book of genesis throughout the entire bible and so we're going to look at the life of jesus here tonight and see how he responded to that i said some things really fast i know we got i noticed we got uh, several people that weren't on the call and watching tonight uh, on Facebook that weren't there last week so but I said some things and I said it quite fast last week but I'm going to kind of slow down kind of teach from Luke chapter 4 tonight so if you have your Bibles actually I'm going to read a few verses out of Luke chapter 3 verse 21 and 22 there and then we'll jump into Luke chapter 4 verse 1 there talking about again overcoming the spirit of accusation so it says that before Jesus was uh, led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested, um, it says that this is what happened. It says that he came to John the Baptist at the Jordan River, and he says he came to be baptized along with all of the others. And as he was consumed with the spirit of prayer, I could not. Over, we cannot overemphasize that thought right there. That that it's in the when you are a man literally committed uh to the, to the spirit of prayer. I've been praying in the Holy Spirit all day long and I, and I do that um, uh, a lot. I mean, just let me just put it that way. Uh, I pray in the spirit a lot and I'm just committed to being uh, just invoked no matter where I'm at, uh, I, no matter what I'm doing, I can pray under my breath or I can pray and whisper if people are around. And I can pray in the spirit and just allow the spirit of God. The Bible says as you're doing that, it literally causes, it's like building your inner man. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. But the real you is a spirit. Your spirit man is built up, mm, the Bible says, like a big, strong mm, edifice. It's built up into strength and power as you pray in the Holy Spirit. And uh, so the Bible talks very, very, a lot about that. And so it's so important that we practice that. And I start talking about it, but practice it every single day, consumed with the spirit of prayer. And as he did that, it says here that the heavenly realm was ripped open. Okay. Again, a lot of translations will say that the, the heavens parted. Okay. And that that is just an absolute poor translation because it just gives you the implication gives you the idea that there was some some white wispy clouds were up in the sky and they just kind of parted but the word there for parted is a Greek word that means to violently be ripped apart it's the same word that's used in the Gospel of John when it talks about when Jesus was upon the cross and there was an earthquake And it says that the rocks were literally split or ripped apart violently. It's the same exact word that's used here. So Jesus is standing in the Jordan River, uh, being just consumed with the spirit of prayer. And it says that as he came up out of the water of baptism, consumed in the spirit of prayer, the heavens were literally and violently, for the very first time in 480 years, were opened up, were violently opened up. Come on now. They have been closed. And now for the very first time, they're opened up. And it says that the Holy Spirit descended. I want to read that. It says here, they violently ripped open above and the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in a visible, tangible, manifested form of a dove and landed on him then god's audible voice was heard saying my son you are my beloved one the one that i love through you i am fulfilled okay so we are we see that uh um, that jesus at the age of 30 years old and let me just say that the 30 is the biblical number for maturity You could not become a priest. Jesus became a priest, a rabbi, and he became our high priest. But that did not happen until he was and turned the age of 30. Joseph did not come to a place of honor in his life until he was 30 years old. David did not come to a place of honor until he was 30 years old. 30 is the number for growing up and becoming mature. And we're living in a day where the Romans chapter 8 says, that it's the mature sons and daughters of God that can hear the voice of the Lord and discern his voice and discern the veiled voice of the accuser. So it's so important. Now, that's what this whole teaching is over the last, this is part three now, and we're going to do, be doing it for a few more weeks now, learning from a practical standpoint how, and a spiritual standpoint, how to hear the voice of the Lord as mature. I hope you you have a heart to want to grow up and, uh, and to, to become. Now, Jesus is our model. And so uh, it says here that as, this is a beautiful picture. As Jesus comes up out of the water in the spirit of prayer, number 20, the Holy Spirit descends in a manifested, tangible form. They hear the voice of the Father like thunder. They thought it was thundering, most of it, but they heard now. So we got the whole Trinity in operation. So let me just throw that out, just really not my focus here tonight, but I just want to throw that out for free here tonight. The Trinity. Anybody who comes on, anybody you hear teaching, anybody comes up to you and says that there's no such thing as the Trinity, and uh, I, I want you to go right to this voice here. And so, because a lot of times there's denominations that said that this, you know, we only, it's only about, it's all, all about Jesus and not about the Father, not about the Holy Spirit. But right here we have Jesus, we have the voice of the Father. We got the manifest manifestation of the power of the and person and presence of the Holy Spirit Himself in a manifested tangible form coming and landing on Jesus. So we got the the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove who's landing on the Lamb of God. What a beautiful beautiful picture! And the Holy Spirit, the dove, is resting on the Lamb. Come on now. To have the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got to have the nature of the Lamb. Let me say that again. Oh, somebody better hear that right there. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit to land on you, come on now. To rise up and out of you, you got to walk in the nature of the Lamb. Come on now. We're called to be lambs of God that discern the voice of the shepherd right there. That's why it's so important that we understand the voice. Come on, The more you know his voice. Come on now. The more you spend time with his voice. Just the other day, I was reading one of my daughter's um, uh, uh, devotionals. I think it was a couple of days ago. And by the way, and, and Sarah, go ahead and just put that in the thing. She uh, uh, my, my daughter, she writes for a company by the name of Sunday Paper, and she writes all of their devotions. I got thousands of people that subscribe to that. And if you can't, sweetheart, just put that things where they can the link to that where they can subscribe to that. And then I want to encourage you to subscribe to the daily devotional that'll be sent to you in uh, in your email every day. And you can read my daughter's devotions. She's a powerful, powerful author, uh, just like her mom. And uh, and so I was just blessed this week by reading my own daughter's devotions. But one of them talks about talks about discerning the voice of the Lord and understanding that. She writes in the devotion that, that my, my daughter, Sarah, that that uh, back in the days, ancient times, that uh, many times, and maybe this happens today too, that uh, multiple shepherds during the evening hours and over the night, they would put all of their sheep in the same place, okay? So, the, but then the next morning, each shepherd would come to the pen or the place where all of the sheep, literally hundreds upon hundreds of sheep would be herded, if not thousands, and then each shepherd would call for their own sheep. And they, they didn't have to go in there and come on out and start separating the sheep. All they had to do was call for their sheep. And because the sheep knew the voice of their particular personal personal shepherd, come on now, that those sheep came running to their own personal shepherd. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that I am the good shepherd. Come on now. And he talks about my sheep know my voice. And the only way that you can know the voice of the shepherd is if he becomes, come on now, your personal Lord and Savior. So he has to become, this has to be not a form of religion, but it has to be a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, because we are his sheep and we desperately, the reason the Bible refers to us as sheep and psalm 23 john chapter 10 is because sheep are okay number one is they cannot defend themselves when when they're attacked they don't have any way they don't have they can't use their paws they can't use their teeth they don't got they can't spit poison kind of thing uh, they don't got any claws. They don't got any weapons whatsoever to defend them. So they're absolutely defensive uh, <clears throat> animals kind of thing. And then they are they are not very bright, okay? And so they sheep tend to just follow sheep. And I just remember reading a story, I don't know, about six months ago. And it was just absolutely, I think it took place in Australia or New Zealand where there was literally about uh, 400 sheep and they the, the there was a couple of shepherds there, but they had um, g- kind of wandered off a little bit and they weren't paying any attention. The sheep were just kind of grazing. but all of a sudden it was next to a big cliff and uh, and so all of a sudden one of the sh- one of the, the sheep began to wander off towards the cliff and literally it was about a 50 foot drop and he just walked right off the cliff. Well all of the other sheep just started following that sheep that. And began to walk off the, the cliff and all four of them walked off the cliff following each other because the shepherds weren't paying any attention to the sheep so about about 50 of the sheep that were on the bottom were crushed to death but then they created this big fluffy blanket for the rest of the 350 50 sheep to land on and they were they weren't hurt at all kind of thing but it goes to point out that how Sheep need somebody to lead, guide, and direct them, and they need somebody to protect them. That's why Psalm 23 says it's his rod, come on, the shepherd's rod that protects the sheep, and it's his staff that leads and guides and directs the sheep come on now and we need to be able if we're going to be led and directed by the holy spirit in this passage of scripture here the holy spirit come on now lands on the lamb of god he is led now listen now jesus is our mentor he is our example he is modeling what it means to be he is yes he is fully come on now divine But at the same time he was fully a human being totally and utterly dependent upon the leading and guiding and power of the holy spirit that's why until he was baptized with the holy spirit in its fullness he didn't preach one message he didn't teach a lesson he didn't heal any sick he didn't cast out any devils he didn't do any miracles until after the holy spirit descended upon him and the fullness of the power of the person of the Holy Spirit, when he was literally consumed with that inside and out. So the Holy Spirit was with him, the Holy Spirit was in him, and the Holy Spirit was on him. My goodness, that's something you you should say that every day. Every day you should say, I want to thank you, Father, the Holy Spirit is with me, the Holy Spirit is on me, and the Holy Spirit is in me. Mm, the Holy Spirit is in me the Holy Spirit is on me and the Holy Spirit is with me therefore I can go through the valley of the shadow of death I he will lead me to to the waters to be to drink and the and the, 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 the all of the different pathways and the sheep dogs come on now surely goodness and mercy follow the sheep all the days of their life. The sheepdogs, come on now, of God are the goodness of God and the mercy of God, and they follow us, and all we need to do, the Hebrew word for follow is hashan, and it literally means to be in hot pursuit. And so it says that the goodness of God that leads us to repentance or gives us the power to change, the mercy of God is literally in hot pursuit every single day of our lives, So all we need to do, come on, as the sheep of God's pasture, all we need to do is turn around and embrace the goodness of God, embrace the mercy of God, embrace the grace, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit that gives us not only the desire, but the power to be transformed, healed, and delivered, come on now, into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to literally have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus is our model and we are called we call ourselves the disciples or the one who practices the the disciplines of our master who is Jesus the Christ then we've got to follow what Jesus does here come on now follow me now in Luke chapter 4 when it says that he was it says here that he was overflowing from the moment of his baptism Jesus was now overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and he was taken by the Holy Spirit from the Jordan River into the lonely wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, so if we're going to, we we, know, we call ourselves disciples. We say, that I'm following Jesus. I'm following the example of Jesus. Well, if you're truly following the example of Jesus, then you're going to be willing. mm, uh, uh, You're going to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct you, come on now, into wilderness seasons in your lives, into seasons of testing. Remember now, the enemy comes to, he brings trials and tribulations to crush us and to destroy us. God shows up on the scene and he turns the, what the enemy means for destruction. He turns it around and uses it as a test to graduate you to the next level of God's power, God's presence, and God's glory in your life. You can't get to the next level, come on, the next grade, without passing some tests. And unfortunately, come on now, with these tests, this means you're going to have to go through some spiritual warfare. I know a lot of times we don't like to hear that kind of thing. and We're living in a 21st century where the church has relegated the devil, come on now, the accuser of the brethren, to someone who ha- who wears a red suit, come on, has a red tail, and is carrying a pitchfork. And, uh, and so they never really come to understand the depth of the spiritual and psychological ramifications of what's happening here during these times of testing that Jesus had to endure for 40 days and 40 nights. In the context of our of our text here, we in it's only three of the tests that Jesus had to endure are recorded. But it says here for 40 days and 40 nights, he was being tested by the accuser. Okay, and then after forty days he was extremely hungry, and then that's when it picks up where we begin to read here, and uh, but I just want to just reiterate that. Come on now. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. Well, uh, we we know most Christians in America they don't even man they don't even believe that there is a devil. they don't even believe it but they think the devil come on now satan left when columbus came to america and uh man he just left no he's alive and he's well and in a lot of different ways he's absolutely more powerful in this nation than any other nation because he's actually able to go to literally thousands upon thousands of churches in america and nobody even knows that he's there come on now because they don't know how to discern the voice of the accuser and they think it's something else so he goes unnoticed because they're looking for somebody with a pitchfork come on now and so i just want to suggest to you, if you man if you don't even if you're not even interested in spiritual warfare or if you don't understand spiritual warfare that you're in the reality is you're probably a prisoner right now and you don't even know it come on now you're locked down, chained down, and you don't even realize it, and then you wonder why all of this stuff happens, and then you want to throw God under the bus, not realizing. Come on now. And so, I, you know, I always tell people, listen, man, if God is doing all this evil stuff to you, uh, what, what in the world is the devil doing to you? Come on now. No, it is the enemy that came, not God the Father. The enemy came to test. Now, here's what happens. It says here for 40, he was very hungry. It says here in verse three, it was then the devil, the accuser, who said to Jesus, if you are. I want you to say those three words, really, because I want to take a few minutes, and I want to focus in on that tonight. If you are. Come on now. First of all, veiled means something is disguised, it's not open, it's not direct, it comes as a suggestion many times. An accusation is an allegation that a person is guilty of some fault or some kind of offense. The word if is an indication or perhaps whatever you are being told is not true. Let me say that again. The word if is an indication that's being presented to you That whatever you are being told either by God or somebody else is very real, in a very real sense, most likely not true. If, come on now, if you are, is an indication that perhaps you don't really believe it. If you are what you were told you are, how come you're being allowed to go through what you're going through? Let me say that again. You see how that that works? You see how that accusation works, that veiled voice of the, the accuser? If, come on now, if you are who God really says you are, come on, if you really are a son, come on now, and let me just say this, that the accusations, the enemies, And every veiled voice of the accuser comes in the form of a temptation to get you to doubt. Let me say that again. Every veiled voice, come on, of the accuser comes with the purpose of tempting you to doubt, to doubt who you are to doubt your nature. Let, let's just make this clear. When this has come, this is not about your personality. This is about your nature. It's an attack on the very nature of who you are. What is that? You, The very nature of who you are is that you are a son and a daughter of God. You were created in the exact image and likeness of God. When you became born again, your spirit became one with the Holy Spirit and you are now a son. A daughter of God Himself. Come on now, and therefore He comes and says, "If you are really a son of God, if you really are who God really says you are, how come you're being allowed to go through the things that you are going through?" So there it is, right there. If you are coming as a temptation to get you to doubt the very, your very nature and the very calling upon your life, come on now, the very purpose for you being here and getting into a place that even, man, doubting everything, who you are and what you are and what you're called to do. If you are, do you really have any power at all? Come on now. If you are who you say you are and this is coming against you, then maybe you really don't have the power, come on now, that you say you have. I know you're confessing it, but let's see you possess it. Come on now. Come on, if you are really the son of God, come on now, He just his, Jesus just heard his father, come on now, say with an audible voice, the heavens were violently ripped open, come on now, Therefore, the principalities in the second heaven were literally torn apart. And come on now. And for, for the first time in 480 years, and the Holy Spirit in a very tangible, manifested way has literally come to the earth and landed on Jesus. And the audible voice, this is my son. So the audible voice of the father confirms that Jesus is the Christ he is the anointed one, he is the Messiah, he is the prophet of all prophets, he is the king of all kings, he is the one that they have been waiting for, and so, come on now, as soon as the Lord Jesus, let me put it this way, Jesus just received, come on now, the ultimate prophetic word from God, come on now, come on, he received a right now word from the lord is come on god the father a prophetic word and i want to suggest to you every time you receive a genuine prophetic word from your father in heaven through the holy spirit get ready a test is on its way you do not believe that the enemy is going to let that prophetic word come to you without it being challenged without him coming to you and say Did, was that really a word from the Lord? Did God really say that to you? Man, are you really who you are? Is God really going to do what he says he's going to do? Did he really promise that? Come on, is he really going to give that to you? Is he really going to heal your body? Did he really say that he was going to deliver you? Did he really say that he was going to save your family? Come on, if, come on now, if you really are who you say you are, jesus come on now i know you're confessing that you're the son of god come on now but let me see if you possess the power that you say you got turn those stones into bread and prove to everyone including me come on the accuser of the bread, that you really possess the power and you really possess the sonship that you say that you have and jesus responded come on now he said i am will not turn those stones into bread. He says life, he quotes now Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Now watch this. Life flows from every revelation from his mouth. Listen, the word of God says that my people, God says, my people, are being destroyed in every generation because of a lack of knowledge. Let me say it like this. My people are being destroyed by the accuser because they're believing they cannot discern the voice, the the veiled voice of the accuser. They're believing his lies. And when you believe the liar, you empower the liar. When you believe the lie, you empower the liar, and now you're giving him your power, and now he has power over your life. And now when once that happens, he's able to, come on now, do all kinds of stuff in your life. My people are destroyed for a lack of revelatory understanding concerning the written word let me say that again that's what deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 what jesus was quoting says come on now come on now he's saying we live come on now by every revelatory word that flows from the mouth of god through your life come on now and so so when you take that and you tie it to the other verse where it says my people are being destroyed because they have no revelatory understanding concerning the written word of god so, the accuser comes to somebody else who doesn't have revelatory understanding concerning Revelation chapter 8, 3. Then they don't know how to use that scripture against him. Now, again, let me just tie this into us. Into the, it's so important. Come on, that you open up your mouth and you say something. Come on now. You open up your mouth and you've got to say something. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of your tongue. That Hebrew word for power is hand. So death and life is in the hand of the tongue. Your tongue is the hand that reaches into. Come on now, the realm of the spirit and takes a hold of the promise of God that literally brings you into the future. But as you, but first you got to receive that word to have revelatory understanding of the written scriptures. That's why I'm gonna just quote. You know, it says here in the. It says here in, uh, let I me, mean, uh, I'm gonna get to that in a moment here, right there. Let me just, let me just take a step back so I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But again, so here he is. If you are, so it says here that after he was tested, he came out on the other side and he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, now I'm gonna come back to that thought right there. But it says here that Satan left Jesus and, um, and he says that he came. He was looking for another opportune time to come back and to accuse him again. And so when was that going to take place? It says here, he stood off at a distance, retreating until the time came to return and to test and to tempt Jesus again with these accusations. Then Jesus, armed with the Holy Spirit's power, come on now, returned to Galilee, and his fame spread throughout the region. He taught in the synagogues, and they glorified God as he literally taught and did signs and wonders and miracles all over the place. And so he says here, he retreated and looked for more opportune time. When was that going to take place? It was going to take place when Jesus was hanging on the cross. Come on now. Jesus now, hanging on the cross. It says in Luke chapter twenty. Uh, Luke chapter uh, 23, verse 27, 37, 23, 37, Over Jesus's head of the cross was written in an inscription in Greek, in Latin, and in the Aramaic. And let me just remind each and every one of us, especially those that are new to the teaching tonight here, that the Hebrews started speaking the Aramaic language 450 years BC after they came out of Babylon. And for the next 1,000 years, approximately 550 years after Jesus had ascended into heaven, they still spoke the language of Aramaic. So when Jesus and his disciples, the apostles, when the book, uh, the Gospels, when they were on the earth, they spoke in the Aramaic language, okay, not in the Hebrew language. And so that's why it's written there. In Aramaic, it's called the place of the skull. In Latin, it's called Calvary. In Hebrew, it's called Golgotha. And so as he's there hanging on the cross in this place called the skull here, it says there that this man, the inscription says that he's the king of the Jews. All the soldiers laughed at him and scoffed at him, saying, hey, if you, come on, if you are the king of the Jews or if you are who you say you are, why don't you just say, yourself come on now so here he is now the enemy the accuser now speaking through the voice of the soldiers and the religious leaders there at the cross if you really are who you say you are prove it come on now and do something and get off of that cross if you really say you. and so here jesus is on the cross come on now literally enduring the suffering of the full-fledged suffering of if you are. And all Jesus could do, come on now, as he said, Eli, Eli, Laman Sabathania, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Notice now, because Isaiah says, because he's quoting Isaiah, it says that Isaiah, that God the Father turned and his back on his father cloaked himself in darkness. And literally for the first time, he doesn't call him Father, he calls him God. as all of the sin of all of humanity is laid upon him. And every accusation, Jesus carried the weight and the suffering of all of humanity, if you are who you say you are how come you're suffering like this how come you're in so much pain how come you have so many trials and tribulations in your life come on now he suffered it all and all he could do come on now is say not my will be done but only your will be done in my life Come on now, if you really mean that when you pray that prayer, I promise you, come on, if you want to share, come on, in the power of his resurrection, you've got to be willing, come on now, to share, come on, in his sufferings. I'm not talking about that which we've been redeemed from, but there is a suffering to trials and tribulations, come on now, and persecution and testings that we go through throughout our journey so that we can grow up and become mature sons and daughters of God. Come on, you cannot grow up into manhood. Come on now, into daughterhood without going through child training process, which includes discipline from our father. And so we have to literally learn how to embrace that and move through that. Come on now to the place of victory on the other side. Don't resist it. Well, the longer you resist it, come on now, the longer it's going to last in your life. And the more times you're going to go around the mountain. Come on now, embrace it. Allow the work of the Holy Spirit to literally change you, conform you, transform you. Come on now, into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can come out on the other side. Come on now, with your the very nature of the come on now, of of Christ being manifested in a greater uh, form. For his glory and his honor. Many times the voice of accusation comes through even common sense. Get a hold of this. It comes through common sense and through the voice of reason. That's right. And it's common sense. Listen, if you if you've gone, if you have gone 40 days without eating, it makes common sense. It's common sense. It's the voice of reason to turn some some stones into bread and feed yourself. Come on, 40 days. It's the fact come on, it's over. And uh and the voice of reason. Come on now, if you're gonna jump off, if you're gonna be jump off that, that pinnacle of a temple, it makes sense to call upon the angels to protect you. Come on, so all of these things that he came, these, these are, these you know, they, really it just, and when, many times when he veils his voice of accusation through common sense and the and with the, the voice of reason, it feels as if it's coming from within and we are deceived into believing that it's simply our personality and not the voice of the accuser who is our enemy let me say that again when the voice of the accuser the veiled voice of the accuser comes through common sense sometimes and sometimes through the voice of reason it feels as if it's coming from the inside within us and we are deceived into believing because he likes to mirror his voice from the inside of us and uh into believing it's simply our personality and it's not the voice of the accuser who is our enemy? The veiled voice of the accuser comes with the purpose of holding us back and keeping us bound. The veiled voice of the accuser comes with the purpose of holding us back and keeping us bound so that we never really become who we really are. Let me say that again. We never really become who we already are. Come on now. That's why in the Garden of Eden, did God really say? The first accusation he's accusing God. Did God really mean that? Listen, if God really, the reason God don't want you to eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam, is because he knows that if you do that, you're going to become just like him. Well, the reality was, Adam was just like him. Come on now. He was literally wrapped in the glory of God. And that's why, come on now. Literally wrapped in the presence and glory and honor of God as the Son of God ruling like a like a king on this earth under the under the inspiration and guidance of God his father here, as the son of God on the earth here. Come on, and ruling and reigning with power, he was. He had it all. He was created just like God. You can't be created in the exact image of God and not be like God, but the voice of the enemy. Uh, God didn't really mean that. I don't think he really did. In fact, he's trying to deceive you. And so he gets Adam to doubt who he is, gets him to doubt who, what God said about him. Come on now. And so he doubts the very nature of who he is. And in doing that, he literally goes and eats of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now the glory has lifted and he sees the shame of his naked flesh. Shh. <sighs> Come on now. And so Jesus, the second Adam, came to restore us back to the garden and to clothe us once again in the glory of God. That's why when he was on the cross, come on now, the Bible says that um, that the veil in the temple in Jerusalem that was 80 feet high and six inches thick was literally ripped from the top to the bottom at the same time as the veil. The Bible, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus' body His flesh was the veil. Come on, because the glory of God, the fullness of God's glory was on the inside of Jesus. And as his flesh, the veil was ripped open, the glory escaped, come on now, and was released, come on now, and provided a way back into. Jesus became everything that we were, someone who had lost the glory of God. Come on now, so that we can become everything that he was, the fullness of the glory of God, to walk in the glory of God with everything that we have because we stand in Christ. It's so important that we understand this now. Now listen now, in Ephesians chapter three, it's, I mean, excuse me, Ephesians chapter six here, it says this incredible, verse. I don't wanna read that here real quick to you. Ephesians chapter six, out of the Passion Translation, it says this here. finally that says in many translations finally my brother but it says here verse 10 now my beloved ones i have saved the most important truth for the last be supernaturally infused with the strength for your life union with the lord jesus stand victorious with the force of his explosive power Flowing in and through you. Those words, explosive power, is the same exact word in Acts chapter 2 when he says, Wait there in the upper room until you are baptized or endued with the explosive infused power of the Holy Spirit. He says, You need to be clothed with this kind of power with the Holy Spirit, like Jesus was. Put on God's complete set of armor provided so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser come on now you cannot stand against the veiled voice of the accuser until you're wrapped in the armor of god your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms They are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold the dark world in bondage because of this you must wear all of the armor of god that he provides so that you can be protected as you confront the accuser and the slanderer for you are destined for all things and you will rise victorious come on now put on the truth as a belt to strengthen you as you stand in triumph put on holiness as a protective armor that covers your heart stand on your feet alert then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace in every battle take faith as your wraparound shield for it's able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the accuser. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect the thoughts from the lies of the accuser and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God pray passionately in the holy spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times come on now he says now if you're going to stand against the accuser you've got to be able to wrap yourself in the armor of god who is jesus christ himself walking in the power of the holy spirit wrapped come on holding up the shield of faith quenching every fiery dart of the enemy that comes against you all of those fiery failed accusations that are coming to tempt you to literally doubt God, come on, and doubt who you are so that you never step into the fullness of that which God has already declared is yours. He wants to keep you from the inheritance that's already yours. He wants to keep you from walking in the inheritance that's already yours and to keep you functioning in the mature Son of God who you really are already. And here's the awesome thing, that sword that the Holy Spirit wields, it's the Holy Spirit shield, wield, sword, excuse me, the word sword is machaira, it's a short little, machaira is a Greek word, that it's a short little sword like that, it isn't a big sword, it's a short little sword, he says take the machaira sword that the Holy Spirit wields. come on now why that's why it says we wrestled not that word wrestle in the greek language is hand-to-hand combat and you can't use that little sword unless you're in hand-to-hand combat so this wrestling or this hand-to-hand combat that we are doing with the accuser come on now we have to this is what jesus did he took the Machaira sword when the satan listen now took the scriptures and quoted them out of context literally to get jesus to doubt who he was and to doubt come on now who god wanted him to be in the earth what jesus did come on now he you as he's in the holy spirit come on now overflowing with the holy spirit the holy spirit watch now come on quickens deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 and speaks that or quickens that to jesus so now the machira spoken word not not logos it's the rhema the word is rhema the sword of the spirit which is the rhema or the spoken word of god and so you cannot take the you cannot speak the word of god until the written word of God has become revelatory to you. So once Jesus had a revelatory understanding of Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three, now that the Holy Spirit quickened it to him or gave Jesus his personal sword for him to use in hand-to-hand combat against the accuser of the enemy. So when he says that, he literally is taking that Machaira sword. Come on now. The sword of the Holy Spirit, which is a written word that has been quickened through revelatory understanding, now becomes a spoken word. And as you speak it out of your mouth, it becomes life. It becomes the hand that reaches into the realm of the Spirit and takes back what the enemy stole from you come on now somebody ought to just rejoice right there that's powerful stuff right there whoo now listen i want you to uh go with me i want to share just one more scripture to really encourage you here tonight i want you to go with me to psalm chapter 29 psalm chapter 29 and i want to uh, uh talking about the power of the spoken word Because I want to just give you, I'm giving you some practical insight here how to win against the veiled voice of the accuser. Come on now. Again, all of this is flowing out of an intimate. If you don't know his voice, you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit speak a written word and cause that written word to become revelatory understanding, revelation to you. And once it's a revelation to you, now it becomes the sword that you can use. But if you can't hear his voice because you don't really know him, because you have no intimate relationship with him, you're not gonna be able to do battle like this. Come on now. So don't 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 send me emails or messages and say, Well, this you have no right to say that what I'm talking about is too deep for you until you make sure that you take time to eat the book. You've got to eat the book. You've got to be like God told Ezekiel, you have got to eat this book. You've got to consume it so that the Word of God becomes flesh. It becomes who you really are. And so as you're in Psalm 29, it says here, what's this? Proclaim the majesty of all, mighty champ- all of your mighty champions. You son of the Almighty God giving all the glory and strength back. Here's what happens when you're when the enemy is coming against you, you. You need to remind yourself through praise and worship the attributes of God's, come on, nature. How powerful, how glorious. Come on now, how strong he is. You need literally the attributes of God. He says, proclaim the majesty. Come on now, you mighty champions, the sons of the Almighty God. Give all the glory and strength back to him. Be in all before His Majesty. Be in all before such power and such might. Come and worship wonderful Yahweh arrayed in His His splendor. Bow in worship as He appears in the beauty of holiness. Give Him the honor. Do His name. Worship Him wearing the glory garments. Worship Him. You can't worship Him unless you're wearing the glory garments. Come on now, of your holy priestly calling. See there again. If you can't, if you're if you're doubting your holy priestly calling if you really are a priest if you really are a king unto god if you really are a son if you're doubting that come on now you cannot be wrapped in the glory and if you're not wrapped in the glory come on now you can't fight listen now the the god that you serve is not attracted or impressed with your talents he's not impressed with your calling he's not impressed with your gifts He's not impressed with your anointing because your anointing is not even your anointing. It's the Holy Spirit's anointing. Come on now. So he's not even impressed with that because that's his anointing. And so he's not attracted to any of that. The only thing that gets his attention and causes him to be attracted to you is the weaknesses that you have. He's come on now. He's not even attracted or impressed with the way that you handle your nine to five job. You're 20, how you do things 24-7. He's not impressed with that. How well you can do that every day and every single, every day, nine to five. He's not impressed with that. That doesn't get his attention. That doesn't draw him to you. It's when you come to a place where you begin to realize, come on now, that I am a sheep, come on now, that I cannot protect myself, that I cannot lead myself, I cannot feed myself, that I need to understand and hear the voice and the power of his majestic voice in my life. And until I understand really how weak I really am, come on now, because God says, then I'm attracted to that because then my strength, the power of my glory and my words can manifest only through you come on now that isn't that isn't that what god the father said to jesus that i am glorified through you jesus come on don't you want god the father to say that about you come on now i want him to say that dan i want to be glorified through you on the earth come on now not when we get to heaven On the earth right now, just as God the Father was glorified through Jesus on the earth. He said, I want to be glorified through you on the earth. But that don't happen unless you can hear my voice and discern the veiled voice of the accuser and know the difference, come on now, between those two voices and understand the power of my word, come on now, and allow my voice to quicken, come on now, the written word of God and cause revelatory understanding to come to you so that you can use it like a sword in hand-to-hand combat to literally cut him down. Come on, so he says, you're wrapped in the glory. The voice of the Lord echoes through the skies and the seas. The glory God reigns as he thunders in the clouds. So powerful is his voice. So brilliant is his voice. So bright is his voice. How so majestic as he thunders over the great waters. His symphonic thundering voice topples the strongest of trees. His symphonic sound of his voice splinters the mighty forest. forest, forest. Now he moves Zion's mountains by the mighty, powerful uh, sound of his voice, shaking the snowy peaks within the ear-splitting sound of his voice. His voice is like lightning. It flashes like fire, striking the ground as he speaks. God reveals himself when he makes the fault lines and causes the earthquakes to take place, shaking deserts, speaking his voice. God's mighty voice makes the deer to give birth. His thunderbolt voice lays forest bare in his temple. All fall before him with each one shouting glory, glory, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor because your voice is so powerful. Come on now. We've got to be able to tap into that. Come on. He said his voice is powerful. It's majestic. It's like lightning. Listen to this, man. Goodness, he said it's like lightning. This whole psalm is talking about the power. It is like thunder. It thunders. Come on now. And that's chapter two. Come on now. When the Holy Spirit came, the voice of the Lord thundered. Come on now. It throughout the earth right there. It came down like lightning. Come on now. And empowered them so that they can speak the word, come on now, to literally speak peace, come on now, because it goes on to say, above the furious flood, the enthroned one reigns, the king God rules over the eternity by His side. at his side, this is the one who gives his strength and might to all of his sons and daughters, this is the Lord giving all of us the kiss of his peace, come on now, so this star, it starts with a thunderstorm, and it ends with peace, why? Because when you receive, come on, revelatory understanding concerning the, the thundering, powerful, majestic word that speaks in you and through you, it literally brings peace to every storm that's raging in you and around you. Come on now, but you got to literally know how to speak that. And so, so this whole psalm is trying to illustrate and communicate to us, literally giving us a and David is trying his best. To give us a small little picture how really powerful the word of God is. His voice is when it speaks, come on, into the earth realm. And so he uses lightning and thunders and storms and the power and how majestic and what it does in the earth realm. But really, in essence, it's just a small little raindrop raindrop trying to communicate because it's so much more powerful. Now watch this now. Mm, Lightning. Did you know that lightning in the world, there are 16 million storms in the world every year. There are 3 billion lightning strikes every year around the world. In the United States of America alone, there are 100,000 storms a year in the United States of America. There are 20 million lightning strikes a year. 20 million lightning strikes a year in the United States of America right there. Lightning heats up to 60,000 degrees. Five times hotter than the sun itself. Come on now. Lightning literally carries 1 billion volts of electricity. It carries between 10,000 and 20,000 amps of power every lightning flash, every lightning strike. When a lightning hits the ground, it literally, each lightning flash is about 6 to 8 miles long. And it's as thick as a silver dollar. That's how thick those lightning strikes are, about that thick there. Lightning is lethal up to 60 feet on the ground. So if you are within 60 feet of a lightning strike on the ground, you will die. When lightning hits the water, if you're in the water, anybody that's within 600 feet will be killed instantly. That's how powerful lightning is when it hits the earth. Come on now. And God says here, David says here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, may I got the voice of the Lord. It is upon the waters. The glory of God thunders in the earth realm. The voice of the Lord splits and flashes, flashes like lightning in the earth. Powerful. Come on now. So, my goodness, you want to know how to overcome the veiled voice of the future? You want to know how to win in spiritual warfare? Oh, dear Lord God, you need to wrap yourself in the armor of God, and you need to literally draw close to him. Come on now, and be empowered in his presence. Come on, and wrapped in his anointing right there, and being able to hear his voice. Let me say it once again. As you hear his voice, He will quote, he will give you, just like he did Jesus, he will give you a written scripture. He will give you revelatory understanding concerning a particular written word, a particular written promise. And once you have revelatory revelatory understanding concerning that, now that written word becomes a spoken word. It becomes the Makaiwa sword that you can use in hand-to-hand combat Come on now, as you are walking through, come on now, the season of trials and tribulation and storms, come on now, and testings, so that you can overcome him every single time and come out just like Jesus, full, overwhelmingly full of the power of the Holy Spirit. So now you can go and do, come on, at a whole nother level, the works of Jesus and speak the words of Jesus, and be, come on now, the body of Christ and the voice of the Lord in the earth like you've never have before. Whoo, that's powerful right now. Come on, it's time. It's time to literally listen, come on, and discern the voice of the shepherd, Jesus the Christ. Come on, he said, I came to give you life and give it to you in a way that it will be more than you ever expected and to give it to you in such measure that it is literally overflowing. Come on now, in your life. That's the will of your Father. But it comes as we do as Jesus, our example, did. Be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Be wrapped in his presence. Be consumed with the spirit of prayer. Hear the voice of the great shepherd. Quicken his words and cause it to become revelation. Now you take it and use it in hand-to-hand combat. And you speak, come on now, words of life. Come on now. That reach into the realm of the spirit. When he comes to you, If you are, if you are who you say you are, come on, Simba, remember who you are, you are Mufasa's Mufath's son. Come on, look into the mirror of God's word. Remember when Simba looked into the water? And he saw his father, come on now. So <clears> that's just a reflection of me. Come on now, that Episcopal New Age monkey, come on, hit him, come on now, with his staff and said, look again, see who you really are. Remember, Simba was living. He was a king, he inherited a kingdom He was his father's son and he's living outside the kingdom, living far below his kingdom rights, his throne rights. Come on now, not living and ruling. Come on with all power and dominion and authority, but living afraid and scared. Come on now, because he was accused of killing, falsely accused of killing his own father and he believed the lie of the accuser and it caused him to doubt who he really was and not to live in the kingdom that he had inherited and to not rule and reign as the king who he was called to be. Come on now. (laughs) He's been doing it from the book of Genesis and he's still doing it today, nothing has changed come on remember who you are as you wake up tomorrow morning look in the mirror come on and tell yourself i'm going to remember who i am i am my father's son i am my father's daughter i am come on in christ jesus i am a king and a priest unto god i have come on now throne rights and i will sit on the throne next to Jesus and I will see things from his perspective and I will rule and reign according to Romans chapter five, like a king in this life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you. That's alive. It's powerful. It transforms us. It's life changing. Holy Spirit, take the the revelation of your word tonight. May it drop into each and every one of our hearts. May it have time, Lord God, to, to grow and develop and mature. Lord God, as we grow into and become who we already are, a mature son of God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work of grace in each and every one of our lives. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor and i ask all of this now father in jesus name amen and amen those of you that are on facebook those of watching on the pot listening on the podcast i want to just thank each and every one of you for watching and listening here tonight once again i really trust that uh, that's something that you heard within the voice within my voice has ministered life to you and added value to your life tonight and cause you to just to receive something that you will move into the future with a great expectation knowing that god has a great plan and a great future for you listen if you want to know more about how you can become a partner and help us take the gospel around the world go to dsmhollywood.com check out there's all kinds of resources that are free there and you can find out about more about sue myself about the our team and uh, how you can help us and pray for us and um, a blessing.